Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, we're talking red flags and the little nuances that you can spot in unhealthy relationships and how the hard work of healing brings the wild beauty of the after with Caroline Markle Hammond. I'm so honored to have you today. She's a trauma-informed coach, three-time international best-selling author, and 20 most inspiring leaders of 2022. I've got her links linked below. Definitely check her out. She's an amazing individual out here helping women do what so many don't realize they need to do. A little fun stat for you. One in every four women now is in an abusive relationship or has been in an abusive relationship. And since COVID, I honestly think those numbers have changed. And one in whenever every six men is in one as well. So Caroline, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time you're investing in me today, Olivia. Thanks so much. Oh, of course. So tell me how you got started. Sure. My story actually begins with the planning of my own escape from domestic violence. And as we're talking about this, I'm going to go ahead and give some trigger warnings because we're going to be talking about all the ugly tentacles of abuse and how they show up. So if you need someone instantly to chat with, you can call the national hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. Those people staff 24-7 in 142 languages. We're also going to be talking about my story, and I identify as female, so we'll be using the female-male pronouns within the story, but I also know that this happens, as Olivia said, to men and to people who are gender fluid, identifying in different ways from the queer community. So those are the two things. One of the things we're also going to be talking about is sexual assault. So I want to give one number as well. If you're somebody who's experienced that and you're having a little bit of trauma on this, then please don't listen. Pick another time. This is reported. But you can also call RAIN, which is 1-800-656-4673. Again, 1-800-656-4673. So my story begins about four weeks before my planned and paid for wedding. And one evening, as I was climbing into bed, my fiance said to me, love, I think I've done something that's going to make you happy. And I said, oh, okay, what's that? And he popped open his computer and I could see an exchange between him and another couple that he had done on Craigslist offering me up to have sex with that couple without my knowledge, without my consent. So I said, oh, I'm not mad. No, I am livid. You can get out of our house. Like, done. Done. And this is where a red flag came in. Now, I wouldn't have known red flags then. But he said, sure, I knew you were going to be mad. And now you're going to blow this up into a whole thing where we have to stay up all night talking about your feelings that you're really mad that I did this. I knew this is how you were going to react. And that's a red flag. (laughs) If someone, if if you state your feelings and someone tells you those feelings are inaccurate or you shouldn't feel that way, they're gaslighting you. Mm -hmm. They're making you believe 
that what you feel doesn't matter. And in fact, you're crazy for feeling that way. So I don't know, Olivia, the kids and I claim it was probably our dog, Casper in heaven. Somebody, I could feel it in my ear, hear it, feel it. And, it, and that voice said, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Get back in bed. So I did. I said nothing more. And he left his computer out next to his website. So I waited for him to fall asleep. And at around about three o'clock in the morning, I took his computer into our living room. And what I discovered on his computer was horrific. He belonged to a group on Craigslist that taught men how to drug and incapacitate their girlfriends or wives and invite people over to rape them and film it. I discovered there were nights I didn't know happened. I discovered that there were places I had been that I never knew I had been. I discovered that he through he started this into our relationship very early. So this was going on for years. So he would say to me, Sweepy, get dressed up. You've been traveling. I want to take you out to your best, like your most favorite state place. And he would have meanwhile contacted four different men and stationed them around the restaurant to check me out. And then all of his correspondence with these men started with, my girlfriend has no idea I'm doing this and I will facilitate what could be done to her. So I'm running back and forth at three o'clock in the morning between our living room and the bathroom, vomiting, coming back and taking pictures. He has a map. I don't work a map. So I'm trying to take screenshots of things. And then I'm trying to remember to go back and mark it as unread. And then I'm trying to go to the next thing. Because what I also found is while he presented himself to be a monogamous heterosexual for the entirety of our relationship, he was anything but monogamous. And he was most definitely not a heterosexual. So I'm comprehending the insanity of what I'm discovering about my life. And then I'm also comprehending all the strangers he had in our home when I traveled in our way. All the affairs that he had, all the men he met in parking garages to have sex with. And at that moment, I felt like my brain cracked. I, I felt like my brain cracked. I don't know how to explain explain it any other way. I took as much documentation as I can. Now, all of a sudden, I'm filled with fear, and I'm trying to make sure he doesn't wake up, and I'm vomiting, and I'm coming back to take more, and I did that for about an hour and a half, and then I got too scared to continue, and I put his computer back where I found it, and I hoped that I covered my tracking up. So I'm going to pause here and say, that that type of abuse, the, the drugging and sexual assault is prominent within domestic violence and it is the least talked about because I never would have been able to say to somebody, you know, I think he's drugging me and allowing people to rape me. And in fact, had I, I did a, I did a podcast recently with a licensed 
therapist, psychiatrist, and she said, and had you come to someone and said that, we would have diagnosed you as delusional and might have put you in a three-day hold. Mm -hmm. It happens. Were there things wrong with my body in the course of our relationship? Yes. Physical things that I chalked up to, well, maybe I worked out too hard, or I had taken a spin class, or you know, I got sweaty after walking and running and I didn't change my underwear in enough time, those kinds of things. Again, would have never, ever thought that that was happening to me. And so I'm going to add one resource within this and we can maybe even link it up, Olivia, we can chat about it. But there's a great webinar that was done by domesticshelters.org on November 11th of 2021. That webinar is with experts across the country, and it specifically addresses this kind of abuse. So every time I do a podcast like this, I get email messages that say, oh, I think this is happening to me. So if you're somebody that is thinking that, then again, you have RAIN as access, which is 800-656-4673. You can shoot me an email and I promise to put you in with the right people and talk with you so that you know you're not alone. Let me pause there and let's see if there's any questions that you have or you think that your listeners might have. I just wrote down sex trafficked and you didn't even know it. Nope. And this is a big thing right now that we're finally putting attention to over the past couple of years. So this isn't to be some buzzword, you know, this is definitely a very real situation that, you know, Bill Cosby went to jail for years later, you know, and my question, how much money did he make? That's the problem. (laughs) Not the problem. Kind of the problem. Went to the FBI. If they could have found where he traded me for money or some kind of in-kind reciprocation, he would have had 34 counts of interstate sex trafficking. They could not find any money. So he either hit it very well or he did it because that's how he got off. So there is no, there is no... The FBI is still checking with them quarterly, incredible humans that work really hard and nothing. The man lives someplace near where I live, free, senior VP of a major company in Kansas City. So the most recent information is I made a connection with a gentleman who does sex crime investigation and when I went to the police and showed them all the black and white emails, because I had no recollection and he was going to to claim that was his freedom of speech, no criminal charges. And this investigator that I've met recently says that there is, when somebody is drugged, and incapacitated. There is no statute of limitations. And the police that I went to said that the statute of limitations would have even passed on any kind of charge related to me outside of sex trafficking. So so I didn't have anything. 
to go on. I didn't have anything that I could pursue. And that is also the reality that people face in navigating this kind of abuse. But in the state of Missouri, there it's now considered rape one. So it's a felony sexual assault with zero statute limitations if you've been judged. So please don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's insane to me that when somebody is drugged and under the influence, there's no statute of limitations. Like, why? Right, right. Yeah, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't, because you don't have a memory. And like me, I found out way after it, right? I didn't, so so that they really thought the, the police precinct I went to, and I didn't know any better, was that there was a statute of limitations that I had surpassed it and I had zero legal recourse. But it turns out in state of Missouri, you now have for the rest of your life to either discover it or decide to, to press charges once it is discovered. And even if you discover it and you wait years to press charges, still counts. You can still press charges. So in those situations, one of the great things we've built at Safe and Harm's Way, or partnered with, we did not build it, is it's called Seek Then Speak. Allows you to document your sexual assault because your brain is traumatized. And so maybe you remember flashes of memory, but allows you to document your sexual assault in a safe app that stores the data and is court admissible. So we do a partnership to help bring that attention around. It's actually been created by an organization called Victims Voice. And their parent organization is Abinra. And it's also sponsored with a grant from and violence against women international but that's something we'll be highlighting in our site that people can access it and get it for free and then be able to document their memories as it comes available in your brain when it decides to let go of those memories i like that that app yeah so speak and i that it's so it's so nice that things are happening mm-hmm. in a positive a positive it way now it is it is and i, I I have to, like, even talking with you, Olivia, I'm sitting here and people are going to see this on YouTube and I'm smiling. Life is incredible. It takes really hard work. It takes really hard work. But I find so much beauty in my evolution and the evolution of the people I've met along the way who have started to develop incredible apps that allow people to ultimately press charges when it's good for them to do it and they feel safe to do it. Incredible. Because it's it's so hard to, for one, press charges, to to get somebody convicted and yes. sent away to jail. And so I was ex- I was trying to explain this to somebody when it came to a situation of a person we came across who had been convicted of rape. And to me, St. Louis is not hard enough on crime for people to just get off on something like that. So if you do, you know what I'm for for people to just go away by yeah, acting right. on something right. like that. You know what I'm saying? So if you were if you served time for something there is there's some proof there. Yes. There's, there's some there's clear stated stuff and I'm like and if you're dealing with somebody who has been proven to do you have to be so mindful of how you operate around them. Yes. Because I wish I wish that people were convicted. Mm-hmm. This is how hard it is. 
if you have a sexual assault or, or domestic violence related sexual assault in the state of Missouri, it's classified as a misdemeanor. You don't get a state federal charge until the city or county drops their misdemeanor charge. And then you got to cross your fingers and hope that the state will review your case, pick it up and press charges. And if they don't, and you've chosen to drop the charges in the hopes that you will get a felony conviction by the state, you are out of luck. And that's how the state of Missouri operates. It's so if you have come across somebody and that is their, that is, that is a conviction. And maybe you find out accidentally, maybe you started a dating relationship and you find out accidentally or it's their neighbor and they say, Oh, I was set up. I am here to tell you. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Oh, there's two sides to sto- every story. And I didn't get mine hurt. No, no. Yeah. Cause sex crimes are very hard to prove. Yes. Exactly. So it's just like when, exactly. when you, and I, I had the, great opportunity to come across somebody that not in a dating relationship, but more so work relationship. Mm-hmm. And when I have staff that are females. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they've been, they feel like they've been put in danger in some way. Not, not because of the conviction. They did not know his conviction. Right. Right. But because of how he was. And then we find out these things and we give warnings of professional communication and those things are not followed. Then, then your employment has to be terminated. Uh, you have to take these situations seriously. Mm-hmm. And employers are not allowed to ask what people are convicted of unless we have red flags that come up, which I want to talk a little bit more about some sure. of the red flags that we could see when it comes to relationships, friendships, it relationships in general, working relationships, you never know who you're with. And especially with hiring people too. Exactly. Exactly. At Safe and Harm's Way, what we how we go when we are helping survivors and what I talk about, whether it's front in front of survivors, in, in front of judges, lawyers, I talked to 55,000 employees from different organizations last last year alone. It's your feelings. It's the sadness, the worry, the lies, the screaming, the fear, and the pain of a relationship. I would have never in my eight-year relationship identified as being abused. In fact, most people thought we were this golden couple. But I could have told you how scared I was when he came home, because if I didn't fold the towels right, he was going to throw them on the floor. I could have told you how much he screamed at me. And and I'd run into the bathroom when I'd have to pin myself against the wall and my feet on the door to keep him from coming in. I could have told you, I wondered if he was lying to me. Those feelings are the hallmark red flags of abuse. It's sadness, it's worry, it's lies, it's fear, it's screaming, it's pain. And all our resources are built around that. So those are the red flags. If I could raise my hand, if we could shout to the top, light some fireworks and include a marching band, it is how does this person make you feel and trust that. The number of times I'm in a Facebook group that's called, are we dating the same guy? There's one in St. Louis too. 
and it allows women to post their their experiences with dating and hey this guy was great or this guy wasn't great the number of posts that start off with maybe it's just me but he kind of makes me feel weird it is just you and that's beautiful honor your body do not go near that person because your brain and your body are processing so many different stimuli that you can't section it all out kind of like I don't know if anybody's had this experience where you're you're getting ready to go out the door and you're like, did I leave the faucet on in the bathroom? I think I left the faucet. And your brain goes, you did not leave the faucet on. Girl, you're late. Get out. You go down, you get to your car and you don't have your keys. And your keys are in the bathroom by the faucet. Like your brain is processing so much information. It didn't get the right message to you, but you had this feeling that something might be in the bathroom. Go check the bathroom. If you have a feeling, about a person act on that feeling and the beauty is i am here to tell you you don't have to explain it to anybody else your feelings are yours your how you approach the world how you approach your relationship are yours the second red flag is so if you start off with it could be just me yes it is and that's beautiful anytime you start off with it could be just me honor that Honor that feeling and don't be by that person. Anytime that you're in a relationship, whether it's professional, whether it's a working relationship, whether it's romantic, and you are demeaned or put down by your participation in that relationship, that is a red flag of power and control. That is that is something that gives you the insight into who that person is. And to chalk it up as like, well, he's probably just had a hard day or you know what, she probably just, you know, maybe something's wrong with her kids at home. And it happens consistently. That's that's your body telling you who that person really is. And one of the things that we that we built entire campaigns on that premiered in Times Square and went across the country are three different aspects. One is the last I'm sorry. If somebody apologizes and you're waiting for that change. And it doesn't happen. And then the event or how they made you feel or whatever it is in the relationship that, again, elicits an apology and, again, elicits an apology. That person's not going to change. And it is not your job to fix them. Not at all. If you're a manager of people, then you have to invest in people. But still, in the hiring process, I don't know. I, I work with Fortune 500 companies and and analyze their hiring practices and how they do it and help facilitate hiring practice. You want to, of course, watch out for illicit, but, you know, inherent biases, you know, there's all kinds of halo effects, all that kind of stuff. But if you, in your gut, think this person is not going to be a great fit for our team, really ask some good questions around why that is. If you're in a relationship where, where you're thinking, you know, he's, he's, she's kind of hard to get along with, but I bet if I just show her how much I love her and I just show her what a good relationship feels like and she's had so much trauma in her past and her, you're not changing anybody. The amount of time I spent trying to fix that relationship and I chalked it up to, well, he's just my toughest customer. I'll figure out a way to talk to him better. I'll figure out a way to make this okay. Because people... People look at their experiences 
And there is not a person in my travels across the world of talking to survivors that is not highly intelligent, greatly empathetic, exceeds great in their relationships and at work, that is also not navigating somebody toxic at home and silencing themselves because they can do it on all these other fronts. And they're determined for that one relationship that's romantic to fix it. If there is a plethora of people who get you and honor you and value what you do, and the one person that you walk home to every night doesn't, that is not your problem. That is the person's problem. And that's a red flag. The most beautiful tool, I was just talking to this about another advocate with another advocate. She said, I'm so tired of the wheel of power and control. I said, you're tired of it. I'm tired of it because we know it. You know what the biggest epiphany in my relationship after I left was? Looking at the wheel of power and control. Google it. And I thought, oh, so this was my life for eight years. All of the emotions, all of the physical, all of the psychological, financial, every element of abuse is listed in the wheel of power and control. And it's an easy Google search. And you will be able to have these epiphanies that might kind of hurt when you realize who in your life, professionally and personally, falls into those dynamics of the red flags of abuse. I'm going to have to look this well up because I haven't yeah. gotten the opportunity. I'm, I now I'm going on a hunt yeah. after this. And it's great because if you have teenagers, there's one for teenagers. If you have, if you're, you know, a person of, of color specific to that, if you're somebody who identifies as being in the LGBTQIA plus community specific to that, however you identify how experiences are felt in relationships, there's a wheel of power and control for that. So get really nitty gritty. And look at it. And if you're a parent, look at how that shows up for teenagers. Because 1.8 million women will be sexually assaulted between the ages of high school and graduating college. So know what those relationship triggers look like for anybody you love who's in those ages that could be experiencing the abuse. An, an insane number. Caroline, what is some of the hard work that healing that that's just what healing is i love that question olivia thank you i choose to heal out loud so i talk about the really good days and i talk about the really bad days and i do that because i am seven years removed from that relationship but there are still days that something hit me hits me and your body keeps the score it happened yesterday. Happened yesterday. Couldn't shake the feeling. I was sad. I was weepy. I was really kind of nasty with people. I couldn't, no matter all my tricks, all my therapy, all my walking, I am a big believer in a huge glass of ice water, turning up the music and going to lay and putting my bare feet in the grass, rounding myself mm-hmm. to the earth. Nothing was working. And I decided to just let my body feel that because That's another thing. When you are trying to navigate abuse, you are busy shoving down all that feelings if Mm -hmm. you're not knowing the red flags. And you're thinking, oh, he's, and he or she's told me I'm crazy. Or she has told me that this is all my problem. And he or she said, oh, what? We knew you were going to be mad. So long ignoring my feelings, I allow myself to sit in it. And I'm seven years out. This morning I woke up, woke up Facebook memories. Nine years ago, we had been in Mexico. 
he said, I got to run back to the car. Just stay right here. I'll be back. He never came back. He left me alone without a cell phone in, in Puerto Vallarta in the rain with my three kids and his son while he went out to score cocaine and have sex with the bus driver before he came back to us. I only found that after. One of the things I found on his computer. Only found about that after. But I was in a panic. Couldn't find him. It's raining. The bus wasn't where we were supposed to be. My body recognized that before my brain even remembered that this was nine years ago when it happened. So I talk about that because if you're having 52 great days in a row in three days where you want to stay in bed, you are not doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. You are not doing it wrong. So make sure you keep doing your tricks. Make sure you go to therapy. The number of people that I talk with and work with who say, I don't want to go to therapy. Oh, sister. Therapy is hard. Mm -hmm. It's vital. It's vital. Especially when you've had complex trauma, either things that you remember. My brain is doing a wonderful job of zero memories, although I have some flashes every now and then. But dealing with those memories, there's great, if, if anybody's listening in Missouri, the YWCA has an excellent in St. Louis program for survivors of sexual assault. Incredible. If if you have friends or family that live in Kansas City, MOXA, the Metropolitan Organization to Combat Sexual Assault, fabulous resources in the state of Missouri. So those are, are places you can go to get help as it relates to, to the sexual assault of that you might have experienced or you definitely know that you did experience. So the therapy on that is vital. It's vital. And I'd like to throw in one more caveat if I can on that. Go ahead. So one of the things about my personal journey for me is it's, it's ugly tentacles. And those tentacles include the fact that he was not monogamous and he had sex with many men and women. And then that person came home to me and had unprotected sex with me. Mm -hmm. That's very common in abusive relationships. What that results in is also going to make sure that your sexual health is okay and uncompromised. And for me, that took on a variety of doctor's appointments and testing and retesting. That's part of the healing process, guys. It's part of the healing process. And I was damn well not going to let him take my sexuality with me. My sexuality is very important to me. It's something that I enjoy. It's been a great part of my life, not including him. But I refused to allow him to compromise me in that way. So I'll also say what I did because I'm an oldest firstborn. Things will be all dotted and crossed and things will be slotted. I talked my way into the top, I did research on the top infectious disease doctors in the country. It turns out one of them was at University of Kansas, and I talked my way into his appointment. Because most infectious disease doctors, you, in order to get in front of them, you have to, your case has to be presented in front of a board of infectious disease doctors, and then they vote on whether or not they'll take you as a patient. And based on what I gave to them, they voted me in. And I said, he's like, everything is fine with you. I'm like, is it though? Because 
you know, what do I have to be worried about in years? And he's like, Carolyn, it is. And I said, okay, what message would you have me take to people? And he said that there is such shame around the possibility of sexually transmitted infections that people numb themselves in a variety of other ways that are so unhealthy, like alcohol and drugs, because there's shame associated with a sexually transmitted um, infection. He's like, these are nothing to be ashamed from. He's like, even if you had HIV, you would die of other complications before you died of HIV. He's like, there is nothing. Just telling somebody and feeling shame that you will get a herpes diagnosis is no different than saying, I also need to tell you I had chicken pox when I was three because it's the same family. The yeah. shame that you would have something on your genitals versus something on your mouth. You get both in either place. Yeah. It's a skin rash that goes away. Even HPV, which can lead to cancers of the penis, of the vagina, of the mouth, of the tongue, your body takes care of it 95% of the time. It's like the amount of shame that comes from that. He said specifically when that kind of diagnosis is given to someone who has survived sexual assault is horrendous and unnecessary. So if you are listening to this and that is something that happened to you, I talked my way into the top disease doctor and he said, take care of your health, earn back your sexuality, be safe, but don't live with the shame of anything. And so that's the beautiful part that allowed me to have incredible sex lives after this experience because I had done all that hard work. And so to your original question, I just gave you like a 10 pound answer to your two ounce question, but all of that healing has to come into play for you to create an after where well, I'm telling you your wildest dreams can come true. And there are still going to be a bad day or two in there. And it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. What gives you the strength to keep going? Um, me. I, I want to invest in me. I realized I spent... While this relationship was horrific in its abuse, I spent my life pleasing other people. I've spent my life doing things or staying in relationships or situations to prove my value and my worth. My value and my worth is there because I am breathing. I want to keep developing me. Outside of that, I want my children to have an example that no matter what your age is, Bad things can happen, but you have the power to move through that. You have the power to be able to heal from that. It is not going to be easy, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. And now because of the organizations I've built and we have a collective community that people can belong to and feel less shame and be heard, or even if you love somebody, that has experienced this. We have an influencer group called Smart Warriors that you can take our content and republish to yours with the hashtags that we develop. Like I share because I care so that you're going to post this on Facebook and all your friends are going to go, oh, well, what's happening at this house? You share because you care. And we give you the statistics. We get, you just got to repost or you got to copy and paste. But that's how people find out about the ability to heal after trauma from abuse is because it is best received when people are in your community are the ones serving it up to you. 
So we have all kinds of mechanisms in place. That fuels me. And there's nothing better for me in my world than seeing the change or getting to, I, I'm going this, this in two weeks to a wedding shower for a woman that I helped her navigate the escape and helped her with custody issues and helped her navigate it because unfortunately, if you have children together, you're going to have to navigate that. And she's gone back to school for her master's and she's getting married. Those kinds of things. I know if we do that one person at a time, that that person positively affects other people. And we call that an ever-expanding love of goodness. I want to change it. And I am disrupting complacency in how domestic violence is looked at and talked about. Because in the state of Missouri, we are a top 10 state that if you're in a domestic violence relationship and you and you are a woman, top 10 for being killed. Top 10 state. Uh, the number one way pregnant women die in the United States is at the hands of the person who fathered their baby at two times the rate of a placenta problem. We've got some issues to fix. And I intend to do it. And uh to where it matters so that people who need it most get the services they deserve. Ooh, that was, I love that. So, <laughs> one, it was investing in yourself, two, yeah. it's showing your children that no matter what, I, I actually wrote it so it sounds better. To have an example to move through and heal through the worst things that have happened to them, and then the people that you're helping in return is really what keeps you going. And those are, I, I'm, I too have to have very intertwined goals. Keep <laughs> me going on my hardest days, you know, yeah. but it's something that's so heavy. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think the beauty of that in the heaviness, it's given me, uh, there are times I laugh at things that people look at me like, what's wrong with you? There, I mean, trauma gives you a sense of humor that is a little off kilter, but I, I just think the ability to keep healing and showing people that they're not alone in it means that everybody gets to rise. Mm-hmm. And that's the first step. That's the light bulb. That's walking into the room and switching on the, the circuit that connects your brain that says, oh, wow. Okay. Now I know I have to do something about it. Caroline, thank you so much for being here today. This was so powerful. I was, I didn't know what all I would get, but I got it. Like (laughs) this, I learned so much. I have so many places to look up now. I have so many, you know, resources to give to other people, especially in the local community where I'm at. Yeah. So I thank you so much for your time and for showing up and showing out and making the noise. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I just finished doing this interactive guide that I can give you for show notes. It just got completed last week. So yeah. it, everything I just talked about is there. It's not just driven. It's, of course, stateinhomesway.org is there, but it's wheels of power and control. It's everything that you might need. And it's just a Google file that you can take an interactive PDF and it's easy to download. Awesome. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Use that. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me and investing in me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.